Riley, I'm getting old. Oh, well, comes for us all, Dennis. We're all getting old at the same speed, I suppose. I guess depending death, on like death altitude, leaves no one behind. <laughs> yeah. Death does leave no one behind. But <clears throat> what, I, what what highlighted this to me recently mm. was Nikki and I were talking about our Christmas presents for each other, and Nikki was like, "Ooh, I'd love to get some really nice towels." Oh my goodness! And I was yeah. like, "Oh, I would yeah. love some nice towels for the house." Oh, and then dear. I was like. What's happened? Yeah. Do you know what's do you know what's <clears throat> terrible from my end when you've just told me this is I had two reactions, one in very quick in, in very quick succession. The first one was like, "Ooh, I would like." And then I was like, mm. "What has like what has happened to me?" It's socks for Christmas. If you get socks for Christmas now, are you like, "Ooh, okay. All right. No, let's I, go." I, d- <laughs> I don't think I'm quite I'm I don't think I'm quite at socks for Christmas. And I'll tell you why. I you know this. I think I've told you this before. I only wear one type of sock. I do the same I, thing. I found yeah. one type of sock I like and I bought 30 of them. I've got, I've got, I would say, 12 to 14 pairs of the same sock. It's the mm-hmm. black um, sort of mid-length sock from Uniqlo, right? Because then I never have odd socks and I don't have to worry about, fi- like I just pair any one with any other sock and it's fine. I'm not at the point that if someone gave me socks for Christmas, I'd be like, oh, baby, let's now we've done it. But- I do remember as a kid when your like aunt would give you a jumper a and you'd scarf, be like, mm, yeah. Thanks. It's very different. Suddenly, it's 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 not one of those things like it's not like you expect when you're a kid. You're like, oh, one day you're start, gonna start getting gifts that are boring, and that sucks. It yeah. never enters your brain that you'll be excited about it because you will change. You don't have that level of forethought no, as a child, no. right? You, you look at like the, the gifts that adults give each other, and you're like, I'm so glad I'm a kid. I can't. I would. I would hate to be getting the gifts that like my aunt has just given my mum. You know what I mean? And exactly. Then when you you get to our age and oh a nice scarf oh thank you. it's very thoughtful I'd look I'm looking forward to wearing this out it's like yeah it, it's terrible it's terrible Dennis it's not just gifts though like I remember like I'll be sitting with Nikki watching like a TV show or whatever mm. on a Thursday night and I'm like this is nice and I'm like I would have thought I would have hated just sit because so my parents would do this sit on the couch yeah. and watch the TV and like maybe they have a glass of wine or whatever and I was like no this is lovely and I was like no. Yeah. Adults were right. You will know when you're older. They were yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. That is that. So, as when I work as a primary school teacher, I, one of the things I tell the kids, I'm like, I know you're not going to listen to me now because you don't listen mm-hmm. to parents when they say it either. But I'm really, really sorry to tell you that most of the time, your parents are right about the stuff that they tell you about when you're older, and it sucks. And one day you will. T- and I know right now you're going to protest and it, say because that's it's not the case. such a cop out, right? Yeah, but it's true. It's really true. Like. The um, kids love, you know, if you want to get on side with, I've talked about this, if you want to get on side with kids, come, I was going to say come down to level, it's not down to level, get across to their level, right, and start commiserating with them how boring it is when one of their parents runs into a friend in the supermarket. I mean, right? I hate that when, like, my, my friend, you know what I hate, the modern version of that is? What's the modern version of that, what, actually? Yeah, one, sorry, not modern, I guess, grown-up version of that, as an adult perspective, hmm. is where one of your friends runs into another friend that you don't know. Yeah, but the thing is, like, uh, some of the time, at least, they, they'll be like, oh, and this is so-and-so. And you're like, oh, hey, how do you guys know each other? And then you're ta- like, you get something out of it. As a kid, you are complete. Like, you got no chance. You're like, a passenger in that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you sit there, you're, like, dragging on your mum's skirt. You're like, mum, please. And then they're talking about whatever. And it's so boring. And it takes about two years for them to finally extricate themselves from the conversation. Well, the worst is then, because sometimes your mum will leave the conversation and be like, 
I hate Cheryl. She's such a busybody. And I'm yeah. like, why'd you talk to her? Talk what are you doing? Yeah. 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 You hear stories about kids. Um, this come, kind of comes back to the presence thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, your mum will get the scar from her sister and she'll say, oh, it's so lovely. Thank you very much. And then go home and be like, geez, what an, oh, what was she thinking? This thing's hideous. And I can't throw it out because I'm going to have to wear it, right? And then you run into them again, right? And he's like, oh, thank you so much for the scarf. And then the kid is, you know, the kid who has been taught up to this point that honesty is very important, you shouldn't lie, goes, mum, you said you hated it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it's it's one of those things where you're like, I'm a seven-year-old. I know how to solve my problems. If you hated the scarf, why didn't you just do what I would do? Kick her in the shins and run away and push her <laughs> over. I don't understand. Like, <laughs> have you seen that study um, where they have a, a box of, um, it's, God, it's a box of candy cigarettes. Okay. Or like those candy sticks, right? Yep, and they yep, show yep. it to a kid and they go, what do you think is in this? And do you know the what they goes, used to be called in Australia? What? Well, okay. They're called fads now, F-A-D-S. But in Australia, uh-huh. like when I was a kid, they were marketed with, well, I'm not going to say the word, but I, I'm sure you can figure it out. Just change one letter and it's not well, F. That, or it's, not, is, it's that, not A and it's not S. Yeah. Well, that is, um, that is English slang for a cigarette. Exactly. But they were being so, so just, just, let's just zoom out on this, right? And just sort of step by step, you can see how they got to that name, right? Because, you know, mm-hmm. in, in parts of the world, like in Britain, that, that is a, a, a euphemism or, a, or a, a slang word for a cigarette, right? But already we're selling a product to children that is essentially like a pantomime cigarette, like a, a fake cigarette, right? Like that's, that's where we're at. And that's what we would do when we bought them is we would pretend to smoke them. And they even had a little red thing on one end, right? Like, like it was just a fake cigarette. But then also to – like that by itself isn't ageing well. But then to give it that name as well – it's yeah. I mean, some things are just very clearly from the past. You take a snapshot yeah. of them, right? That is just the '90s, right? That is just the the product that is emblematic of that of the political climate of the '90s. Anyway, but yes. Right, so there we these- were growing up. You scratch your knee, you rub some dirt in it, you get up, you go. It's great. You now kids are too coddled. Oh, dude. kids these days, and you know what? They no one wants to work these days, Dennis. No one wants. Nobody to work. wants to all work. these no millennials. To- all they want to do is just sit around and record podcasts and and expect yeah, and you know. When 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 we were young, that doesn't work yep. because yeah, no, it, it kind of falls apart at that point. <laughs> yeah, you lose it there. I was I was going to go down the. Everybody just loves renting, right? None of these kids want to buy a house nowadays. None of them want to buy a house. On. It's nuts. Well, yeah. None of them want to buy a house. I don't know what it is. You know, they're all too busy eating avocado toast. Awful, awful. Uh, but no, oh, there's God. an experiment right where they show a kid mm-hmm. like a box, a box, a sealed box of crayons, right, or a closed box of crayons, and they go, "What do you think is in this?" And the kid goes, "Crayons." Yes. And they go, oh, and they open it and they empty it out and it's full of rocks. Yeah. And they go, oh, it's full of rocks. Mm-hmm. And you go, and they put the rocks back in and they go, so what do you think is in the box? And they go, rocks. And you yes. go, yep. and they point to a child who's never seen the box and they go, what if I ask Michelle what's in the box? What will she, she say? And they'll go, rocks. Exactly. Because yes. they have no perception of what perspective is. They just yes. have like objective truth. Yeah, and that's and actually, that's it. it's th- that and along with other things like object permanence and other things. I mean, object permanence mm-hmm. is a lot younger than that, but um, really important developmental milestones, marker points. Yeah. For, milestones for kids as they grow up. It's like, can they imagine the world from someone else's perspective? Um, indication of emotional intelligence, particularly if kids are develop- developing those skills and abilities at a, at a younger age, yeah. It's just interesting that some of those things that you take for granted, but like, your brain has to learn to think yeah. like that. Yeah, you have to learn everything. You have to learn everything. You have to, you have to learn how object permanence. You have to learn perspective. You have to learn to love a nice set of towels. You know, it's all part of the roadmap. Well, but hang on. Where, so when 
did this change for you? And you're probably not going to be, a- be able to answer this, but like mm, yeah. it's, it's interesting to be able to identify points at which like you fundamentally change as a person. I can give you one, right? So you know I'm a huge tight ass. You know I don't like yep. spending money needlessly. Yep. But Dennis, or you could have chopped the word needlessly off that sentence. Would you? Would you have believe? Would you believe me if I said I used to be even worse than I am now? It's it, difficult it, to see where the headroom is. I won't <laughs> lie. <laughs> well, well, let me tell you. So when I when I you know I've I've, I've traveled extensively. Well, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging because you know it's not going to be the sort of thing that ages very well. Daddy, what did you do about the impending climate crisis? Well, I got on a lot of planes and flew around the world several times, my child. How many, pe- how many how many people were on the planes you got on? Well, hundreds. Hundreds. There you go. Yeah. I think you're okay. <laughs> yeah, but, well, I, I, I'm sorry. It doesn't make it right just because other people do it. I'm, I'm, I'm I, not. I, I think it's. I mean, I, I think this is a trick, dude. Honestly. We yeah. can talk about environmentalism. This whole, like, everyone needs to do their part, I think, is a lie. I mean, I agree. The fact that, like, we're getting berated for, you know... Putting things in the wrong bin. Or putting things in the wrong bin when, yeah, planes during COVID were still flying around just to keep their airport slots open. Or anyway. not even that. Billionaires today, tons of countries, including, like, the US and China, and their overall emissions vast. Like, it's awful. Yep. It's co- yeah. oil tankers roaming the sea. Like, it's awful. Yeah. You putting the plastic thing in the black bin, look, you shouldn't do it, and you should make an effort, obviously, but beating yourself up, stuff up over it, I think, is is wrong. Yeah. No, you're right. Anyway, um, when I used to travel... No matter what, it was always the cheapest. Always the cheapest flight. Always the cheapest. Um, yeah, you'd go. On, you'd, you'd go on the cargo if they let you. If they would let me, I would have done it. Right. It was. It didn't right. matter what time the flight Pre- was. Didn't matter if there was a, a, a twelve-hour layover. Didn't matter what how terrible the hostel I was going to stay in. Always the cheapest. I would always go around. I would, Dennis. I would spend so much time walking around like the area that I was staying to find the cheapest possible meal, right? And then if I walked into a place and let's say there was like a kebab for five dollars, and then I walked to the next place and it was a kebab for six, I would walk back to the first one to not have to pay that dollar, right? There would be an additional like we watched Moon recently as part of the movie draft thing we did. Have you seen Moon? No, I haven't seen Moon. Oh, well, I won't spoil it for you then because what I was going to make a joke about was spoiler for me, but you would like it. But okay. um, there would be it would be first class, business class, economy plus, economy, the hold where they put the animals, and then mm. Riley. And you would if, be like, oh, can, can I strap myself to the bottom of the plane and give me an oxygen mask? Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. If they if they'd let me just hold on to the fuselage, right? If I could just if I could hold onto the wing, like clutch onto the a, landing gears, it folds back up into the plane. Yeah, I, I, I would have been fine with that just to save a couple of dollars, right? Well, here's an interesting question. Ryanair, we're going to offer standing room on oh, flights yeah. oh, from dude, tw- Dublin 20, to London for a euro. 20, 20 year old Riley would have been all over that. They're one euro. Would you do, you'd, 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 be, you'd be up for that? I would I would let them sticky tape me to the roof of the plane, right? <laughs> I, like there was just no, I, there was no limit to what I would do to save a, a dollar, you know. To be fair, like Dublin to Manchester or Dublin to Liverpool is like a forty-five minute flight. I think. I mean, I've stood on a bus longer than that for Christ. To be honest, exactly. Like, I think. Uh, yeah. I, look, I, Ryanair. Let's not. Oh, I've got some stories about Ryanair. Like the most recent <laughs> time I flew with them, and every time, every time. So, for those who don't know, Ryanair is a super, super budget airline. Um, I think, I think Spirit cost- Airlines for Europe. But even then, it's not. It's so much like every other airline is better, right? Mm-hmm. And every time you fly with Ryanair, you're like never again. And then you go to book a flight, and you see that the next it is know, so you can, cheap. Though. You can either pay thirty euros, or you can pay two hundred and thirty euros. But the my most recent experience when I flew to uh, Copenhagen to visit my good friend Adrian, the guy who washes his feet in a bidet. Um, I wonder how they, Adrian feels about that moniker. Like if that's if that's what's going to be I, because I you, you you asked him. 
<laughs> I asked him because because I said, "How do you feel about your overall place in like the Riley verse?" And he's like, "I've come to terms with it." <laughs> it really doesn't bother him that much. Anyway, um, they unloaded the so they unloaded the plane from Copenhagen because you know you get penalised if you like are late in the. Yep. Um, like the, the airport, the airline will have to pay a fine or the, I, I don't know what it is, but like if they're not, if they don't turn around fast enough because they have a slot at this airport departure terminal. And if they take overstay off, yeah. that, yeah, right. So the plane got in late and so they started loading all of us getting onto the plane down into the, like the, the walkway to walk towards the plane as they were taking people off the plane. And what they ended up doing is putting us all in the same walkway and they had Ugh. to extricate and separate the people who were getting off and the people who were getting on. And it was like a massive security thing, right? Because they had a bunch of people entering the UK, right? So having to go through passport control and that sort of thing, right? Um, with Awful. a bunch of people oh my God. who were leaving, but were still like in the, so it was, it was, but that, I mean, yeah. So we ended up, so the plane ended up being even more delayed while all the Ryanair ground staff came and were like, like, do not cross this flimsy tape barrier they'd put up. Anyway, um, so there was a moment, there was a point, I can tell you exactly what it was. It was when I finally, I, I went to a town called Füssen. It's very famous in, in Southern Germany, in Bavaria. It's where Ka- uh, Castle Neuschwanstein is, right? The, the fairy mm-hmm. tale castle up on the top of the mountain. And I was looking for places and there was a hostel there for like 15 euros or 20 euros a night. And there was a hotel for 40. And this was, it was just a medium level hotel. It wasn't anything like super, super nice or anything, right? But I had a full-time job. I was 26 years of age and I decided to treat myself and book a room in a hotel by myself with my own money for the first time in my life. And I couldn't really believe that I did it because it was so out of character for me. But then I went and oh my goodness me. It was so worth it, <laughs> like not having to share a room with seven other people snoring and farting and doing whatever else, right? Just being able to go into my own room, put my own bag down, line my own bed, like all that sort of stuff. And I've never looked back. But that, I remember that thing because I was like, this is such a betrayal of like who I was in terms of being a huge tight ass. Well, the, the problem is all of these, uh, <clears throat> when it comes to expenditure, everything is on a spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. Where the absolute worst stuff probably isn't worth it and the absolute best stuff probably isn't worth it, right? Hmm. Like, I think sharing, a, I mean, it's interesting, expenditure is different because, like, sometimes you can't afford to do anything other than the absolute cheapest option. And that's, and mm-hmm. then it is what it is, right? You have to share the room with the, with the eight people in the hostel or whatever, right? But once you have a little bit of wiggle room, you get diminishing returns, where getting a hotel room for yourself is a massive step up over sharing it with strangers, but getting a nicer hotel room for yourself is nowhere near as big a step up, right? Yeah, I mean it's the same with it's the same with actually most things. I was going to say diamond rings, but same with it, like guitars, any like any luxury item. The difference between a hundred dollar guitar and a thousand dollar guitar, huge, massive, right? Mm-hmm. Same with the diamond ring. The difference between a thousand dollar guitar and a ten thousand dollar guitar, you don't get the Much same sm- jump up in no. in. Or I should say, I guess, yeah, you don't get the same level of. It's like inverse logarithmic or whatever, right? Yeah, like it's I, not. Yeah, the first every dollar spent is less valuable than the one before that. You get you get diminishing returns for sure, but like just going through that process and being able to like actually identify a point where I grew up a bit because you don't get to do that. I, I, like you're not going to be able to tell me when you decided you wouldn't mind getting a nice towel for Christmas. Well, uh, something that I remember is when I was younger, I hate I used to hate buying clothes. I thought clothes was kind of a waste of money because it wasn't yeah, fun. It's a necessity, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. So my yeah. mom would always my mom would always even when I was like a teenager, she'd come home and she'd be like, "Look, I bought these eight jumpers." Tell yeah. me which ones you like. Try them on. If you don't like them, I'll return the other ones. When I go to the same shop next Saturday or whatever. And I was like, oh, fine, whatever. You know what I mean? I think the only exception to that was when it was like a 
brand like you know get a pokemon t-shirt that was exciting as a kid but yeah, apart from yeah, that, I'm, you, yeah exactly i'm in agreement like i'm never like you know when mum was like you need a new pair of pants i'm like Ugh. but then it happened once you know i'm not sure when it happened i used to always have to get dragged to go clothes shopping even when i was like tr- truly an adult when we'd be like you need to buy you need to buy a new pair of pants I'm like, oh, fine, okay. <laughs> um but then now everything in my wardrobe obviously, is stuff that my mom has never had any input on buying, right? Yeah. And I was thinking how weird that must be for her. Because one time, it's like that thing they say where your parents pick you up for the last time and they put you down and they don't know that it's going to be the last time. Yeah. One time I must have showed up to dinner at my parents' house or whatever wearing a jumper and my mom was like, I didn't buy him that. Yeah. One t- there was a, that- a, 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 you went home for dinner one time in an outfit that your mom and your dad had had no input in like you mm-hmm. owning. That that that's when I remember. I remember like enjoy like picking clothes that I wanted to wear myself, not being served clothes and seeing if I approved of them or not. Do you know what I mean? I remember this. This happened to me when I was nineteen years old, right? Because I was still wearing all these like daggy teenage clothing that was you know very two thousand and six. Up until I was nineteen, when I met a man named Jared, who was the weekend manager at a cafe that I used to work at, and Jared was basically the coolest guy I've I'd ever met. Right, he was just the he was just the coolest. Like he had that whole detached nonchalance, don't care about anything. But at the at simultaneously, all of his opinions on everything was so authentic and so valid. Right, and I just wanted to be like him so much. So I went and bought a pair of skinny jeans. I stopped just like giving myself a buzz cut in the mirror with like the rays that I also used to shave my face. Mm. Um, and I had a, like a cultural awakening because this man made me want to be as cool as he was. And I'm you know, still not. I never will be. Um, but I remember having that moment when I went into a shop and I was like, no, no, no. I'm not just going to get the like the same. St- I'm not going to just wear the khaki baggy three quarter length M111 shorts that I've had since I was 13. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna buy a pair of skinny jeans. The, obviously, Dennis, the cheapest. Like we had a conversation things, about this. Well you're like, paper. skinny jeans are still cool, right? And I was like, I don't know if they are. No, dude. they're and not. You, you had a little bit of a crisis about that. No, you know what? I, I don't know. I wouldn't call it a crisis. I had a, it was definitely a, a, like a moment of revelation and awakening, but it made me realize that I will not change. And I because now the skinny jean is the mark of the elder millennial. Like you see a band like Death Cab for Cutie or um, the Decemberists or something like that performing on like, I don't know, NPR, like doing a Tiny Desk concert. And Ben Gibbard is still in skinny jeans and he's in his 40s. And he was the man that I wanted to be when I was 19 before I met Jared. So Before you met Jared? So I'm not going to stop wearing skinny jeans because that is like – my first girlfriend, her dad, or her stepdad, I should say, still wore, he still had the big, the 70s haircut. He still wore like the, the the denim jacket with the big collar, that sort of thing, right? And he just looked like an old rocker from the set, like late 70s, early 80s. And he just didn't let that image go. I'm going to be that with skinny jeans and, you know, the haircut that I've had since 2012. You're going to be wearing bell bottoms, yeah. I'm not going to wear bell, what are you talking about bell bottoms? I'm not wearing bell bottoms. Well, people, who bottom, people who wore bell bottoms. Like ten years ago. Oh, I'm going to be that. Yes, I'm going to be because they're 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 like the Grateful Dead, right? I'm going to be be walking around in the 30s, dressed like it's the teens. Yes, that doesn't sound right. I know we're like truly into the into the 20s now, and there will come a time when when people say the 20s and they think of now and not the 1920s, but it doesn't feel Mm. right. 
Mm. Uh, mm. I was I always dressed for function. I remember when I was at, in secondary school, when I was, you know, 13 or 14, I was like, oh, I like a white hoodie and a pair of jeans. Time to buy 50 of those and never wear anything <laughs> else ever again. <laughs> well, this we, we sort of had a glimpse of this when we traveled together, right? Because you lost your luggage. We went to H&M. You found one T-shirt that you liked. It came in four different colors. You bought one of each of the four colors and was like, yep, great, yep. done. Yeah, courtesy of um, courtesy of Lufthansa as well. Did <laughs> or they Lingus even? Sorry. Oh yeah. Did they really? Nice and quick too. Yeah. That's not bad. We didn't um, really have an update on that actually. So you lost your luggage. You went. We yep. we went together and bought a bunch of clothing. We went past one of those like fancy. You know what is it? Um, Louis Vuitton and and um, Bulgari. We went past a couple of those shops. And I was like, look, that jumper's thirty two hundred euros. You could buy it and claim it back. The problem is. This was on our. Fr- I'd been in Germany for three hours at that point, right? Mm-hmm. So, if we got to our hotel in Garmisch Partenkirchen that evening, and they were like, "Oh, good news! We delivered your bag. Here it is, right? Here it is at the door." <laughs> Sorry, where's this person from? They're from. They're they're local. Okay, If they deliver that, they don't have to pay me for any of this stuff. Isn't hang on? Isn't wouldn't they be from Aer Lingus? Wouldn't they be Irish? Well, they're from the German branch, really. Please. Oh, the German branch of Aer Lingus. Okay, sure. And they've hand-delivered it. Aer Lingus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Aer Lingus with, the, with an umlaut over the eye. Uh, Whereas the what happened in the end was I had my whole trip to Germany, came back a week or and a half, I think, passed. Mm. And my thing said, status not updating. I called them. They're like, yeah, you know, status not updating. Sorry. And then I got a missed call on my phone. And I called the guy back and he was like, yeah, I'm in your estate. I have this bag. Do you want it? And I was like, yes, I want it. What Please bring what, it to my head. What kind, of, what kind of question is that? Do you want it? No. No, it's all no, right. No. I've nah. moved on. Yeah. So he brought it up and he was like, yeah, here you go. And I, sure enough, I brought Sorry, the what suitcase did he in like? and opened it. it. This, is, this is a different guy. Well, no, he had to, he, it's his responsibility because I, it was a flight to Germany. So it was still it was still Uta. It was still the same guy. Oh, it's the same guy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Same he guy. came all the way from the German branch. Okay, from German branch, but he has to get back on a flight back to Munich now, and they're going to lose his luggage as well. I bet. Yeah, I'd certainly but, hope that uh, he has. He just has hand luggage. So I wouldn't well, he, want. I wouldn't I want mean, to check in any bags. I wonder if it's like one of those things where, like, I have a friend who, um, you know, works at Facebook and refuses to buy an Oculus because he's like, "Oh, I wouldn't do that." You yes. know, I have an uncle who is an aeronautics engineer and he refuses to fly on planes. I wonder if people who are baggage throwers are like carry on only. No way, I'm not giving those animals my bags. You oh, crazy? I wouldn't be surprised. Like Megan and I, when we were flying home, we were um we're in Qatar. We landed in Doha. Do not recommend Qatar Airlines, by the way. I will not be flying with them again. Holy moly! Wow, supporting the, the supporting the World Cup, really? Wow. Okay, the, lo- the the most uncomfortable long distance long haul flight I've ever had. It was awful. Anyway, um, we looked out the window when we landed, and it looked like that. It looked like a d- demolition derby. It looked like they were trying to smash up. The- <laughs> Do you know what like? So I don't know if this is an experience that you would have as an Irishman, right, or many Europeans, or I think people in the southern states, of the United States, will probably have a, an idea of what I'm about to mention here. But anyone who lives, I would say. Anywhere north, anywhere where there like snow falls on the ground, it's probably not happening. In the summer, you get a big bag of ice to put in like your your esky or your cool box or whatever you call it, right, to keep your drinks cold. But often the ice will all stick together, right. Mm-hmm. And so what you have to do is take the take this big sack, big plastic bag of ice, and you just throw it on the ground a couple of times, like on on the concrete, on the footpath of yep, the road. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, yeah. It looked like they were trying to do that. It's like, oh, well, the the contents of this bag are, are too. Uh, they have too much structural integrity. Let's let's change that. They were treating they were treating they were treating the bags like they owed them money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. Like they, yeah, it was. I, I I couldn't believe it. Anyway, so yes, I travel with um with with carry on wherever wherever possible. But that wasn't possible, Dennis, for me coming back uh from 
Qatar coming back from my trip to Europe because, of course, I had to carry a bunch of stuff, uh, not only for the long trip, but for my brother's wedding. Which, Ooh, yes, of course. Segway. Which people will remember last week. Um, I didn't check in with you. Are you done? Have, have we finished? Oh, you're with- good. We're, we're over time, if anything. So, yeah. Oh, so, so you, yeah, you've, you've, you don't have any more wry observations to make about how we're, you know, progressively losing cultural relevance as we head into. Aside from the fact and- that our lives are in, comes, like you went to a wedding last weekend, and I'm going to a wedding this weekend. Aside from yeah. that, we're in that stage of our lives. That's now. <laughs> where we. Ah, oh dear, it all ties together in one, one neat little package. Anyway, so um, my brother got married on the weekend, and as I said last week. There were going to be one or two things that happened. I, I would either come back this week and pre- just not say anything and pretend that last week's trailing of the, the wedding, just pretend that never happened. Or mm-hmm. I would uh, come back today and tell you about it. That is where we find ourselves. Luckily, there okay, was good. no huge drama. There weren't any, uh, any, any huge issues or anything else like that. It was actually, it was actually a lovely wedding. Um, Oliver and Katie. Well, what, I, what I can't wait to hear about Riley is because yeah. people who have listened to this podcast for a long time, you know, mm. but since before, you know, People like you, people like the patrons of Patreon.com that have listened to this, people who listen to the podcast back when it's called Scrammy River, will mm. know about your talents, right? Mm. Your unbelievable well, you. talent as a wedding speech yes. giver. Well, thank you very much. And, and I and can't wait to hear the, I mean, I, it might have been, must have been hooting and hollering oh, yeah. and knee yeah. slapping good fun. I, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine the electricity in the yeah. room. Oh, just the when energy. you gave, yeah, when yeah, you yeah. gave that best man speech. Well, I mean, Dennis, this is coming from a man who invited me to his wedding in, in his words, in your words, Dennis, you invited me to your wedding purely for the speech equity, as you put it. Um, too, it was way too high to give up. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, uh, you, it was, your wedding was wasted on me. Wasted. You're an ex- two star, you're a ta- two star Michelin you're a- food. <laughs> like, you're a very talented orator, Riley. Thank you very much. Yep, I've, I've, multiple, I've heard that from from many people. Anyway, um, so one thing I'm good at. Um, so we'll get to that, right? Because I want to tell you about a couple of other details. First of all, Damn, Oliver, okay. absolutely shitting himself. Absolutely mm-hmm. shitting himself. Like I don't know why. Now, nerves or food poisoning? Um, nerves, I assume. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He, can I tell you this? Actually, he he did so well. He lost twenty four kilograms for this. Whoa! Wedding. He lost twenty four kgs. He just dropped them. He, I, I like I I couldn't believe it. I'm so so proud of him because like that's that a lot. Is, Holy crap! Yeah, it's just it's just incredible. Like he put himself through the ringer to to get him down, get himself down to a size that he like wanted to be for this wedding. Like. So it definitely wasn't food poisoning because he wasn't eating enough to get poisoned with any food. That he was <laughs> no, he, he look. I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't make light of the situation when it comes to that because he, he quite literally worked his guts off, right, to to um, for his wedding, and I, I yeah, so so proud of him for that. Anyway, no, he's shitting himself because he was nervous. I'm like, why are you nervous? He's like, I don't know, man. I just don't like. I don't know what. I'm like, she's. Are you worried that she's not going to turn up? She's going to turn up, dude. Don't worry about it. But I think he was a little afraid that Katie might do a runaway bride. She did not. Um, uh, preparations were, were great he bought me and his um, other groomsmen and my dad a suit very nice um, oh is wow that, is that normal mm, if, if he if it had did it have to be a specific kind of suit yeah he wanted like the same colour for us all that sort of stuff yeah usually I mean sometimes you might rent them but I think um, yeah, I think no. then they usually usually the, the groom would, would pay for that yeah it's, it's, it's in my wardrobe along with the shoes that he bought me wow. um, and everything yeah it's, it's, I, was, I was pretty happy with it um, he is, so just to show you that the being cheap and tight um, 
does run in the family. The suit the suit he bought the suits he bought us were very nice. He himself with the photos, he wanted a nice watch for the photos. He doesn't mm-hmm. really wear a watch. He went to Kmart and bought a twelve dollar watch, right? That mm-hmm. looks okay. very expensive, but I imagine would not be able to keep time, right? It's it's sort of much by, by the end of the day, it's lost fifteen minutes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he just wanted it for the photos, so so it was lovely. But you know, the yeah, the, the whole thing, the ceremony was lovely. Went and took uh, took a lot of photos. Um, there was my favorite photo was taken as the sun was setting and the photographer made what I would call a mistake. I don't think she realized it because I don't think she realized what she did to Oliver by taking this photo, but the sun is setting behind his head and Oliver is bald as an egg. So it just looks Mm. like his head is glowing. (laughs) Love it. It's so good. Oh, man. But yeah, he had to do a bunch of public speaking, thanking people. He was shooting himself then. He had to do the first dance. And I had to, I announced that as the MC. So I really turned the knife. I was like, now everyone, make sure, because Oliver, he loves to get up and dance in front of everyone. So make sure you give him full attention. Because <laughs> that me hating it, right? Was there any Crazy Legs Carl moments? What's Crazy Legs Carl? I think I told you about this. A friend of ours who is an oh, extremely talented yeah. dancer at weddings for some reason. Yeah, no, no, there wasn't anything like that. Um, uh, Oliver got off the dance floor as soon as he could, and um, Megan, Megan cut the dance floor to ribbons. I'll tell you that much. She and my sister, and my new sister-in-law, and um, they they were unstoppable. Um, they had a great time. But I want to tell you about two things before we get to the best man speech. I want to tell you about the most pointless limo journey that I think has ever been held. Right. Ooh. So they hired I a limo. I can hear. I think, I think I can hear the new addition to your family in the background. By the way, <laughs> yeah, we did get a cat. That's next week's story. Um, uh, Oliver and Katie hired a limo. Right now, to take mm-hmm. Katie and the bridesmaids to the wedding venue, this made sense. I mean, it's a bit ostentatious, but it, it made sense in the it's fact a that wedding. they did. Weddings are ostentatious. That's fine. No, 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 no. But from a practical standpoint, right? From a functional standpoint, they did need to get across Bendigo in order. They needed to, a mode of transport at least. So right? yeah. you may as well, you know, just in for a penny, in for a pound, in for several pounds here. Mm. We were staying at a uh, Oliver hired like a, a, a cabin at a caravan park that was near the venue, right? Walkable distance. But in Oliver's mm-hmm. words, we've got the limo for two hours. We may as well use it. So he ordered the limo. I love that. It came to the caravan park. We got in and the guy was like, where are we going? Oliver's going, Oliver said, the race course, right? So just it, like it would have probably been quicker to walk by the time we like got into the limo. And the guy's like, um, <laughs> do you want to just drive around a bit? And Oliver's like, yeah, let's just go for a joyride. So we just did a lap of the regional Victorian town of Bendigo. Not a lot of sights to see in the back of a limo. This happened to me when I was a kid once. Um, we were going for a friend of mine's birthday who lived near me, uh, yeah. Maria. Her birthday was in in up in <clears throat> where that Boxburger used to be. So sad. Oh, R.I.P. Um, <clears throat> taken from us too club, soon. At the club at the top of Bray. And, um, we got a party bus. You ever been on a party bus, Riley? Oh, I've seen party buses before, yeah. They're awful because there's a glorified van that they're taking everything at the back of and yeah. put some seats around the edge. It's like a really terrible limo. Um, with but can you like ball. get up and dance and stuff in them? I can't imagine you that's can an sound, easy you thing can, to do while well, you're driving around. Well, everyone's blitzed is the thing. But also, why uh, do like I know that you can stand up in a bus, right? Like, yeah. Why do all of a sudden seatbelt laws go out the window when it comes to just like when the bus is when, when when the vehicle is big enough? All of a sudden, not only do you not have to wear a seatbelt, but also you can stand around and dance even if you want to. I have no idea, dude. But, but the point the point I'm trying let me look up let me look up very quickly because I, I wonder which was a shorter distance. The distance from 
my from this house to this club or the distance in the wedding right yeah all right okay so i'll, I'll look up the uh, the wedding distance i like i'm i would I'd say i got a pretty good chance of uh of, of winning this one this was in t- this was almost exactly a 10 minute drive uh oh no no dude no 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 um uh, bendigo race course um you you got no chance mate like we were really no 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 uh, all right i'm gonna this is taking me longer than i uh, i thought it would so, uh, Bendigo Jockey Club, directions to here. Uh, one minute, 350 minutes. <laughs> so, you could probably see it. Oh, yeah. The no, oh, oh, no, no. When we got into the limo, we could see the sign for the race course. Hey, hang on a second. Is there? Is there? A, a, I'm looking at the race course now, Google Maps. Is the neighborhood across the hill, across the road from the race course called Jackass Flat? Are you ready for some other just wild names in, yeah. in regional Victoria? So, yes, there is a place called Jackass Flat that is in northern Bendigo. My brother, California if you scroll out a little Gully. bit and look to the west, he used to live in a place called Maiden Gully. Yeah, that's Maiden. Oh, God. So, okay. I'll, here's an interesting story about that. I was staying with my brother when I did one of the big magic events, right? I did a, um, mm-hmm. a set championship or a... Um, I can't remember which, which one it was. Uh, but I think it was, I think it was New Capanna. Um, uh back in may right and uh they put uh on our lo- on our lower third it'll be like you know maria bartholdi minnesota right yeah like show me where we are you know it'll be cedric phillips seattle for me uh, they're like where are you and i said well um the town I, i'm in at the moment is maiden gully <laughs> and rich the one of the producers is like hmm we're not gonna put that i was like all right well you're, you're, you're in victoria <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Riley, Southern Hemisphere. We're not getting any closer yeah. than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, okay. you, they, wouldn't just, they didn't just round you to Melbourne, like. <laughs> that, I think I think that is what I ended up asking for. Yeah, or maybe maybe Goldfields because that was a region. Anyway, but no, we just went around on this long journey around Bendigo in a limo. It was fine. Played some music. Um, the guy was like, "Here, I, I brought an, an esky full of beers for you." Like the driver, and we're like, "Oh, thanks very much." I don't drink, and my dad also yeah. is uh, not going to drink either. So it was just Oliver and Daniel sinking beers while me and dad were like, hey. <laughs> Same thing happened here. We were all trash when I went on this party bus, and the guy yeah. was like, do you want me to do it? Because you pay for an hour of it or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they can't just drive around. So this guy went up to the top of the town and just went around and round and round a roundabout for 25 minutes, and yeah. everybody puked. <laughs> oh, great. That's really good. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know what happened. He just zoned out. Um, Riley, you mentioned the phrase, and I want to. I want to. I know you have your speech to get to, and we'll get to that in a second. Mm, mm, mm. But I wanted to side sidecar a little bit because of the wedding I'm going to this week, and we're as we're double recording this week, so we won't get to hear the results of that wedding for quite some time. Two of my friends, James and Sean, Mm. um, went to book hotel rooms for this wedding, and the Mm -hmm. hotel was sold out. What would you do in that case, Riley? They're two groomsmen now, right? Look for a different place. Right. Look for a hotel that's nearby. But, you know, oh, we might have to get a taxi there in the morning. That'll suck or whatever, right? Yeah. yeah. Nah. Right. They've rented a caravan and are parking it in the hotel car park. (laughs) What do you mean a caravan? Like an RV? What? Yes. They've rented an RV. That is incredible. (laughs) Holy moly. Get these blokes over to NASA because they are ideas, man. Galaxy brain. They're yeah, going to get us to Mars. Solution focused. They're going to get us to Mars, dude. 
That is incredible. They, it was so funny hearing them talk to Luke, who's wedding in this event. Because Luke's like, "Oh, did you guys get a room?" And they're like, "Oh, yeah. we have somewhere to stay." Oh, are you staying in the hotel? Oh, yeah, we're staying. We're staying. We're staying. Right, we're staying around the hotel. Right, we're did staying, you guys have a room? We're staying. Oh, at yes. the ho- we're staying at the hotel's address. We're, we're staying at the hotel. Oh, do you, you guys have a room? Oh, we we we're, we're sleeping at the hotel. Yeah, there'll what, be four walls and a roof above us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're like, "Do you have a room?" It's like we have shelter. Yep. <laughs> Do you, do, you, do, you, do, you, do you guys have a, a bedroom to sleep in? In a manner of speaking, what yeah. are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, "Did you bring a tent?" He's like, "No, don't be ridiculous. Never do that. No, no, no. This, this, you know, you can, you, you'll be able to knock on our door in the morning, and and we'll be there ready to go." So now, on like the website for the wedding, they're like, "Oh, can you add um, you know, reception one third, you know, ceremony one thirty, reception three o'clock? Can you add after party caravan in the car park two a.m. Please?" And he's like, yeah. "No, I will not be doing that." <laughs> That's that's so smart, honestly. That is that's the sort of well, thing. Well, the hotel's probably going to kick him out, so we'll see how that goes. Still, a for effort, incredible. A for, um, a for effort. Speaking of a for effort, that is just mm. about as that's just about as as generous as I can be when it comes to my speech. Because Dennis, I'm not even going to try to pretend. I really bombed, bombed so hard. Ugh. I bombed so I was I was I was sitting here thinking like now how can I do a humorous sort of twist or a spin on what happened and maybe I'll find an, an amusing way to titillate the listeners with a story of my failure but I'm not going to bury the lead I bombed so hard dude Mhm that bad like we put your audio of my of the speech at my wedding into the podcast should we just pipe in a couple of crickets here and that'll get the the mood across So I stood up um, and I uh, introduced the other speakers. So I was emceeing as well. And I was like, oh, no, we've got some people who want to say some stuff. So Oliver and Katie got up and I ribbed Oliver for- My name is Riley and I'm here to, here say, to say, here to say yeah. I love hosting weddings in a major way. <laughs> so I had that gag, my favorite gag all worked out. The speak from the heartbeat. Mm-hmm. I had two copies of the um, uh, of the speech printed out. I was going to read off one and then, you know, go, oh, no, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak from the heart and then tap my breast pocket or tap my, above my heart and then pull out from that breast pocket another speech, bring down the house. Wild applause, raucous. I hope someone brought a needle and thread because you're going to have to stitch your sides back together after that one. So I started with a couple of pretty tame and kind of, you know, deliberately bad gags, like I did with yours, right? Um, yep. Just ease things in, little goofy, yeah. Little, just kind of, yeah. And then did the big, no, 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 no. this doesn't feel, no, this doesn't feel right, no, no. So I started with, I was quite proud of the opening line. I said, um, uh, I'm Riley, I'm Oliver's brother. He's the one, he's the caring one, the thoughtful one. Uh, I'm the one. And then at this point, I ran my fingers through my hair and said, I'm the one with a head full of ideas. I thought that was pretty good Um, because Oliver is, as I mentioned, bald. Um, Mm -hmm. So a couple of other dumb jokes like that. And then I did the whole, no, pretended to kind of like choke up a little bit, patted my pocket, said, no, I think I have to, I think I have to speak from the heart here. Waited, paused, pulled out the speech and everyone just looked at each other and they were like, oh. And I think they thought I'd written two speeches. I think they so thought they, they, it wasn't they, they, a joke. Was, I think they okay. thought that I had a funny speech and a heartfelt speech prepared. And I decided two minutes into the funny speech to swap. Because then there was a huge mood whiplash because I delivered what was a very heartfelt speech about how much I love my brother and how proud of him I am. And, and you know, mm-hmm. all the, like how, how incredible it is to have seen him grown from this small boy to a man and now standing there with his wife and all that sort of stuff. And I talked about the unorthodoxy of their relationship and how it works for them and how it's beautiful and all the rest of it like that. And Oliver sat there waiting for me to stick the daggers in. 
So it failed on every account because no one was laughing. No one <laughs> Nobody got funny. what they expected out of it. Yeah. No one was enjoying the heartfelt thing. And Oliver was just expecting me to just roast him. So I'm saying these like heartfelt things and he's expecting at any point for me to turn it around and be like, oh, but isn't he a bald dickhead? Like that, you know? Hmm. And so then I did the toast at the end and that was fine. And they cut the cake and all that sort of stuff. But it was just like, like, I'm pretty proud of the speech I gave at your wedding. I feel like I added a lot. It was good. Yeah, you knocked it out of the park, dude. I I feel like you got your wedding EV, your speech EV from me, right? I feel like. Yeah, I got my money in good for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I bombed so hard at all of it. It doesn't sound like it was your fault, though. It sounds like the audience wasn't in the mood for it. Maybe they didn't should have done a couple of laps of the roundabout in the party bus, you know, loosen up a little. You know, that's also on the speaker to read the room, get a sense of the vibe, like figure out what's going on. My brother did say there were too many long words. We did have a very Bendagonian crowd in there, so you know, maybe maybe should have toned it down a little bit and um, so what? Ticked the reading level down a couple of notches. Well, I you know I don't think you know maybe there were some people in the room who you know didn't know the meaning of uh, what was the word that I used. Um, Oh, jeez, oh, I've forgotten it. It begins with, it begins with P. I've forgotten it now. Man, that's very embarrassing. I've forgotten the word. It's like a, a like practicality. Um, prudent. Um, prudent. Yeah, how prudent they are. They're very prudent, Oliver and Katie. Um, very prudent couple. So, um, look, I'm not going to blame it on the crowd. It's me. I didn't bring the gear. I didn't, uh, I didn't uh, bring what I needed to. And so, um, yeah, I'll never get to the chance to speak at my brother's wedding again um well you can have drew get married again could what he could get married again i guess so what do you want yeah i guess eh, no that is true i think the only real course for me now is to, to destabilize Break up their the marriage, marriage yeah. destabilize well, their marriage you know, that's a horrible thing do you you, 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 don't, you don't have to do that you should have to kill katie sure just commit murder <laughs> just commit murder just on my writing. on my on my new sister-in-law that's fine yeah right yeah. please don't come on don't destabilize a marriage that's an awful thing to do simply kill her it's the yeah. only way forward yeah. yeah or what if i like broke into the office of death, birth deaths and marriages destroyed all the paperwork and then engineered a situation where they had to prove they were married all of a sudden they go to get the forms out it's like well we don't have any evidence that this marriage was ever like uh, actually officiated they have to do it again Everyone back to the Bendigo oh, is, race is this, course. Is this, is, this, is this a rom-com from 2003? What kind of situation is we gotta this? Stop to- Dennis, we got to stop talking about this because we could sell this. We could sell this to Hollywood. We could make yeah, Universal oh, Universal's on the phone right oh, now. Phone. we, we got to go. We gotta, we gotta go. We got to go. We got to take this call. Thank you for listening to this episode of Have a Listen to This, your uh, weekly dose of bite-sized nonsense with uh, Riley Knight and Dennis Straniak. If you like the show, please tell your friends about it. If you didn't like it, I guess tell them anyway, but um, hopefully they download it and they like it. Or if they don't, those downloads show up just the same, to be honest. If you really like the show, you head to patreon.com slash have a listen to this and support the show. Get the show a little bit early as well as some other exclusive perks and, you know, help us keep the lights and the mics on over here.